too quiet. Did you mute everybody's thing? Hey everybody, this is Gayam Bruno, host and producer of Between the Sheets Podcast. I can't even talk. <laughs> Between the Sheets Podcast here on the United Broadcasting Network here in the lovely city of Burbank. Um, you can follow me on Instagram, QTE Brat. Um, what else? Um, call us, 323-524-2599. And um, I really don't have much to say, so I'm going to start going around the room. Uh, to my left, my left, we have um, an OG from Between the Sheets, Second Incarnation. She's here from Rome, <laughs> and that is Durga McBroom. Hello, hello, hello. Hi, Durgs. Hi. Hi. <laughs> and then we have uh, Solar Tan herself, even though it says Roxanne Rosen, I know her as <laughs> Tristan, cause she's schizophrenic and has way too many <laughs> names. Um, so here we go. We've got uh, Tristan, Roxanne Rosen, Roxanne Rosen, <laughs> hey, um, hello. <laughs> and then um, to my right, um, we have uh, artist extraordinaire. Thank you. Um, really? Definitely. You think so? I, I, think I, I think so too. I think so. I'm a believer. I'm like the monkeys. <laughs> I'm a believer. Mara Shane is in the house. Hello, everyone. Hello, Mara. Hello, hello. So um, I'm trying to figure out how to put this on so I can see what the hell we're doing here. Okay. Um, okay. So um, we have these lovely interns. It's, the, it's like the double mint twins. What's your <laughs> name, guys? I forgot. Nick and Ty. So here they are, Tony. Woo. Unfortunately, um, our prayers and love go with Tony. Um, he is, I don't know what city he's in, I really don't, but his sister um, has was, that was struggling, unfortunately, uh, she passed. So that's where he is. So um, prayers go out to Tony and his family uh, during this time. Um, let's see. Hmm. I don't know. Oh, the Grammys. Uh, the Grammys were good. Yes. Um, they were fun. I got to talk to fun people. Um, and then we did the Beach Boys celebration. I had no wow. idea that Brian Wilson mm. was like so, alive. Um, like was, was alive. <laughs> I mean, to start with, alive. <laughs> um, but he just sat there. But I, he, I've yeah. worked with him. Well, I read that he has like schizophrenia or something from all that drug stuff well, that he did. I was I worked with him on the National Academy of Songwriters show when he was with that guy, Dr. Landry. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, so when he came in for rehearsals, Dr. Landry had sent a guy with a video camera to film him yeah. so that he could observe him whenever he wasn't with him physically. It was very bizarre. But That's Brian bizarre. was really sweet. Mm. He was very childlike and kind of moody. And when he sang, sat down to perform, he had his own lyrics handwritten in this very childish kind of scrawl. He was really lovely. He's sweet, yeah. but just it was kind of weird. But I, you know, I, 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 I yet again talked with St. Vincent. I love her. I love her so mm. much. Mm-hmm. You even know who she is? No. no. Oh, fuck you, bro. Oh, my God. I have no <laughs> idea. Oh, yes. I love I her. Do. Oh, I Jesus do. Christ. I do. St. <laughs> Vincent. Oh, my God. She's great. She's amazing. She's um, she did the, a few years ago. I never knew who she was. I have to be honest. I didn't know who she was. But a few years ago on the Grammys, she did a duet with Dua Lipa. Yes. And yes. 
it was freaking hot and it, it was, was mass seduction and something else and it was a mashup that was and before the WAP oh please <laughs> we won't talk about the WAP I missed it I'm the only person who didn't know what the hell that was but um, anyway I had no idea what WAP was um, I was thinking First, I thought it was W-O-P, right. and I'm like, who are these, hey. who are these <laughs> bitches calling me a WAP? Why, why are these bitches, like, like ragging on my people, the Italians? What the hell is wrong with these people? And then it was like, WAP. I'm like, and then I told you guys the story of what that was, and I literally sat there and watched the video on YouTube, and really, um, I have to say, I am very open-minded. I love that video. I know you would, <laughs> but I was, wonderful. I, yes, yeah, good for you, but I was totally, like, freaked out about it, <laughs> it was, like, the weirdest shit, I was like, oh, my God, but without further ado, so, cause I, wa <laughs> I, wa I, wa I want our guests to get involved in this conversation, because I love this woman, she came on the show, I'm so excited, she's my friend, um, she's my friend, I have a friend that comes on the show, um, her name is Dr. Carol Ketchum, not to be, ex not to be, like, a doctor, like, Here's a stethoscope. <laughs> She's a very smart, intellectual woman. Uh, she has a PhD. She is the professor and department chair. I'm reading this shit because I couldn't remember it all. Because um, <laughs> she's got her, you see her bio. It's like 20. I mean, I, I'd be like you know, doing a soliloquy. I can't do that. Professor and department chair, senator, CSUF, Cal State Fullerton, correct? Mm -hmm. Cal State University. Academic Senate. Wow. Um, her fields of interest are, as I switch, um, well, I'll let her tell you. You know what? She's pretty damn smart and a mover and a shaker. And I know that I will completely bastardize or somehow diminish the importance she has in the LGBT community as well as the academic community. God, I just went really serious right now. Um, but <laughs> I just want to say welcome, Carol. Thank you to come. Thank you for coming. Thank you, Carol. Thanks. I'm thrilled to be here. Thanks we are so thrilled much. to have you. Yeah. Um, so, okay. Tell us what your specialty is. <laughs> um, so my PhD is in cultural studies, and I um, my research is on gender um, and queer theory. I, I use a lot of gender theory, queer theory, some um, cultu some cultural studies, kind of from the Birmingham School in the UK. Um, and oh. um, right now, I'm not doing as much teaching as I used to because I'm the department chair, so I do a little bit more administrative kind of work. But I'm also an activist very committed to my activism very cool um, and uh, committed to creating systems that support women systems that support LGBTQIA folks um, and right now there's a lot of work that needs to be done for those two groups uh, those two groups are truly under assault right mm -hmm. now so S so how did you start this journey in life where were you born <laughs> We're going back to the beginning. <laughs> oh, you have no <laughs> idea. Sicily, okay, 1910. 1910. <laughs> yeah, picture. Not 1910. No. What the hell is wrong with this woman? <laughs> <laughs> She's my age, and we are young. So. 1963 was a Yeah, 63 no. was yeah. the best year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was, I was actually born in Ohio, and I was adopted. I was adopted no. when I was six months old. Oh, wow. Wow. And I grew up in Rochester Hills, Michigan. And um, never would have imagined that I would end up doing what I what I do, but love what I do and pinch myself and I'm really grateful that I that I get to do it. So, you know, when you were growing up, I can't believe you're really asking me this, <laughs> Jan. Okay, <laughs> go. <laughs> we get 
<laughs> tell her that these interviews are really good. You like it. It's like Barbara Walters. It is Barbara Walters. Yeah, it is true. So when you grew up, you know, obviously, well, not obviously. I mean, did you know that, and I'm going to say you identify as a lesbian. Am I correct here? Right. Did you know early on that you were a lesbian? I, to I totally did. I actually, my earliest memories are of sort of knowing that this was who I was. But also when you're adopted, you know, you kind of occupy a sort of position of precarity in your family. Hmm. You know, oftentimes it's the case that you're nobody else in the family. You don't look like anybody else in the family, right? Mm -hmm. So you're sort of obviously a kind of misfit, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? So the, the family that I was adopted into was Christian conservative oh, nice. family. Oh, nice. Oh, boy. And so I knew that if that part of who I was was to come out, that I would that that level of precarity would go sky high and mm -hmm. I would not have a family base to work off of. I knew that from the time I was really, really young. Wow. Um, I also kind of passed as heterosexual really easily. And um, really the my main goal at that point in my younger years was to be a mom. That's what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. I didn't care about doing anything intellectually. I didn't, activism wasn't really still on my radar either. Mm. I wanted to be a mom, and so I was able to do that. I have two kids, and now I have a granddaughter. Yay! Oh. So, yeah. you know, going through this path, <coughs> living, you know, an easy life, but yet not an easy life because, you know, you've, you wanted, you know, you wanted to express yourself, and, you know, then you were adopted, and then, I mean, a lot of stuff, which I think a lot of people in our generation sort of struggled with. Not the adoption part, but I mean, like the coming out and the gay part, right? The gay part, the gay big gay part. And <coughs> so, you know, did you did you come out late in life? Um, n actually, no, not really. Um, my first experiences were with a girl, and um, my mom walked in on that, and that was not cool. <laughs> at all. Not um, in a Christian wow. conservative family. Not at all. Right. And at um, what age? So I kind of. 14, 15. Mm -hmm. Wow. So I kind of knew um, that that was when I realized her reaction was really clear, and I thought, yeah, well, I, 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 that's not going to work for me in this family. But on top of it, I didn't have the uh, the imagination, perhaps, but not just the imagination. Back in that at that time, there wasn't a way for you to have children right. who were in a gay relationship, and mm. there really wasn't, particularly in Rochester Hills, Michigan, mm. which is where I grew up. Mm -hmm. Is that pretty so square? It's it's yeah it's a it is a, a pretty s it's a pretty square town it's a pretty um extremely conservative town so when did it's you get the hell out of michigan <laughs> <laughs> well i went my i we moved out of michigan when i was right before this the, my first this incident with this girl um so it was like 13 14 years old oh wow okay san diego and oh a little bit nice. better a little bit better a little bit better a more open-minded california my, my father actually was who, who he passed actually recently lost him to COVID. Sorry. I'm um, so sorry. Yeah, yeah, I know a lot of people have lost people that they love to COVID. So um, anyway, he was he was a progressive. He was a journalist. Wow. And he was the managing editor of San Diego Evening Tribune for most of my years. That's cool. Otherwise, after 14. And um, yeah, so I had I did have support there. I knew I would have support mm -hmm. there, but yet I didn't have the imagination to think about how could I have children? And that was my, my main thing. Probably perhaps because of being adopted as well. You know, when you're adopted, you're you just want to focus, mm. focus on that. On That's that. what I hear yeah. from other friends of mine that have been adopted. But then sort of like how did you – Where? what was the impetus that set you on your career path? Um, I, went, I, w I went to school for art, to college for art, and 
when I walked into a feminist theory course, which is what we called it back in the day, <laughs> when I walked into a feminist theory course, I felt like I finally was given the language to describe what I was experiencing. See, now, a we went to school the same time. Yeah. Okay? So I was taking, because I thought I was gay, but I wasn't sure. And being an only child, having the parents, having to be the, the, like the one only shot for grandkids, okay? <laughs> Which, oh, you know, that was, I, that was a lot of pressure there, you know? <laughs> um, you know, uh, I ended up, you know, also taking, because I, I knew I was taking, I took what the Rutgers called uh, women's studies. Yeah. Mm. And everybody looked Rutgers like a lesbian. Rutgers was a yeah. more progressive than UC Davis then, because UC Davis, yeah, it's got 10 years. We had women's studies years. and everybody looked like a lesbian. Um, yeah, they did. What I mean, that mean? Look <coughs> like a lesbian? It, it was that typical. <laughs> I'm a lesbian. No, I'm a, no, but the stereotype, I'm a lesbian too and no one knew, but the stereotypical lesbians from that generation were mm. like, it was jeans and those checkered shirts right, and bad hair. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah. Bad hair. and I didn't identify, <laughs> and I did not identify with them because I did my hair, I had my makeup, I had my cute little things on. And, um, and it, so, I, but I, I just loved being in that energy and that environment, which then from that, I knew a couple of girls. And then as I told you, I guess a couple of days on the phone that I started the first um, gay and lesbian alliance on the Rutgers campus. I didn't no, I don't think you wow. told me that. That's Pioneer, amazing. Pioneer, you are. Oh, that's amazing. And I wasn't gay. I kept saying I'm not gay. Well, <laughs> what did, you, did you say you were just bi? Or did bi. You, yeah. Bi. Oh, I didn't that's bi. what I, I said yeah, at I, first. When I, was, yeah. when I was married and raising my kids, I didn't say I was gay either. I'd say I was bi because but, yeah. that was half straight. You know? Half straight. It was half straight. Even though I didn't practice any of it, it was like, I'm half straight. If I say I'm bi, it means... I still can go toward the penis. Yeah. yeah. Go toward the D. <laughs> Get the though, D. It repulsed me. But, but it's like my mother at Catholic Church, they would say to her, this is true, they would say to her, is gay and married? My mother, who was such a sweetheart, but I, I, I don't know why she felt it was okay to say this in a Catholic church. She goes, no, she's not married yet. She's bisexual. <laughs> Oh, that explains everything. Yeah, so then when I, but you know my mom, but you know yeah. my mom, okay? Yeah. So, I would cool. just, so, you know, I'd go back to New Jersey, and my, and my dad were doing bingo, that's what they did, bingo, and I'd sit with all these older people and having these conversations of, so, you're bisexual. <laughs> They're all men asking you? Oh, wow. No, the women. Oh, the They've women. got little gossipies. And I'm like, <clears throat> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Did it go further? Me 24, bingo! I mean, shit, it's like... <laughs> what? Did they get more curious, or was that the end of the convo right then? No, it was the end of the convo. I mean, yeah. you know, it was like, what am I going to say? Very but nice, dear. <laughs> so Goodbye. when did you come out then, Gayan? I came out when I, I, I moved to California. Well, do you identify as a lesbian now? Yeah. Yeah. Duh. Uh, okay. <laughs> Her name is Gay and Gay. <laughs> I told my mother. Her parents are asking for I it. I told my mother. My mother's gonna remember. When I came out to my mom, when I came out to my mom, I came out here for a lot of it to be liberated. Plus, I wanted to get into the entertainment business, so I applied to only law schools in California. So they couldn't make me stay in New Jersey. So when I came out here, when I came out here, um, I met this girl in law school, and. We kind of, I mean, I'm the one. I wasn't sure. It's like, you know, 
I don't know if she likes me. I don't know who she is. That whole bullshit that goes on in your head. I overthink shit. Oh, particularly when you're young. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so I she know. came to my s- house to study. And then. <laughs> oh, this sounds <laughs> nice. <laughs> and it was late. <laughs> and I said, you don't have to drive home to Anaheim. She went to Cal State Fullerton. Um, yeah, well, we all did, yeah. I guess. You don't have to scary drive home. You can stay here. Yeah. But I, uh, but then I think I just, I think we were watching TV, and I think I just suddenly just was like, I, I was like sweating, I was fixing, <laughs> and I think at just one point I just went over and I just kissed her. You and did? then I thought, wow, yeah, I mean, not Brave. tongues or anything, Brave. just on the mouth. I'm proud of well, you. Well, you must have known that you guys were vibing in that way. To I do didn't that know a little. I didn't know. I didn't date. I never yeah. dated. I was 20. I never mm. dated. The only time I slept with a man is when I got raped when I moved here. But other than Sorry that, about that, you know. Jeez. It's okay. It's uh, it's not my fault, and I no. don't. You know. But it was like, and it wasn't vi. I mean, what? Let's let's not go into my opinion. Yeah, let's. But the point is, is I wasn't sure if she liked me because mm-hmm. it wasn't about if I was gay. It's about everybody's favorite thing, rejection. No, oh. and I was afraid to be rejected. Mm. Although that was pretty hot, I'm still am. But I mean, still, I mean, you know, I mean, but I was afraid I was going to be rejected. So what happened? Well, she kissed me back. Well, there you go. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Nice. And then we knocked some boots, and um, and I didn't know what I was doing, and <laughs> I guess she did, cause Pillow Queen Annie, I just was, it's like, oh. and that was fun. Um, and that was fun. And then we, and then, but then, but then, typical, we did not U-haul it, cause we were in law school. She still had her place. I had my place. But ev- but eventually later we eventually after like two three years we moved in together. That's um, not a U-Haul at all though. Two or three years. Yeah, that's that's, no, that's, that's normal. normal. But I did that's kiss one of my law time. school professors who was interested in. Really? Oh. How did that go? I want to hear that story. That's hot. She's passed. So, oh. um, but that means you can say well, whatever you, you want. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it was a, there was a problem at the university. Yeah, yeah. clearly. I mean, we didn't sleep together. We just kissed. That's still. That's <laughs> hot. I want to hear about that story. <laughs> Not on air. Was it like exit class? <laughs> Not on air. Not on air. But um, but anyway. So yeah. So that's how that happened. And then how when I came out. So I guess like after about a, like six months, I was with this girl. Um, I called my mom in New Jersey, mm. and he didn't, my mom was like four eight, little Italian feisty so lady. Wow. I'm like, hey. Yes, your mom. I said, um. I got to tell you something. And I'm, I remember I was on a cell phone and I was walking around the block. And she's like, yeah. And I said, so, you know that bisexual thing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I'm kind of not bi anymore. <laughs> I've kind of made a decision, you know. I thought, I'm, I'm, I'm gay. I said, I hate the word lesbian. So I'm going to use the word gay because I like the word gay. Um, and then she's like, it was like mic drop. Mm. Mm. And then I'm like, okay, okay. And I said, well, it's your fault. (laughs) (laughs) You did not. (laughs) You name a daughter gay, you're gonna. I know. (laughs) It's your fault. (laughs) I said, before you blame yourself, which I know you're going through what I did wrong, as I'll tell you what you did. You made it's my freaking name. Gay, gay. It's an a verb. It's an adjective. It's everything. It's your fault. And then she, and then. She's, I, did, I was saying it funny, you know, yeah. and um, and then she laughed because I always like to have humor to break the thing. And, and she's like, 
but when you were born in 63, it meant happy. And I said, hey, I said, and by the way, I said, you know, I said, you know, blah, blah. She said, yeah, I said, she's my girlfriend. She goes, I kind of figured because <laughs> when I came to visit, you had two bedrooms and one was the guest bedroom. <laughs> mm. <laughs> <laughs> but she was going. She goes. But don't tell your father. Oh. oh wow! Don't tell your father. Do you think he knew though? I never told my father. Do you know I never told he my never father? Never figured it out. I, I'm sure he figured it out. And, oh, I mean, the two girlfriends I had, they were like woodworking together while I was like filing my nails and, and getting a <laughs> pedicure. You know what I mean? I mean, I don't know how we couldn't know. I mean, <laughs> they were building shit together. Um, but I mean, it's like. I'm sure he knew, but I did, he didn't care. I mean, that's the second time. The first time she said, don't tell him that you're gay. And the second time when I got a tattoo. <gasps> she said, don't tell your father. Yeah, yeah. So she I remember. The tattoo or the well, I'll tell you. Thing. Yeah, and so I'm not, it doesn't like watch me and taking a shower, right? So I remember that I, he, they came here, and I got out of the shower, and I ran. Because I fr- <laughs> you're hiding the tattoo? No, I oh, had the towel around oh. me. Oh. And I was running to get my jeans in the dryer. And I'm running past him, totally oh. forgetting oh. I have my tattoo here. I go in, I change, Uh-oh. and he goes, When did you get a tattoo? <laughs> 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 oh. Ten years ago, Dad! <laughs> so was the tattoo worse than being gay? I don't know. I don't know. I'll tell you with my dad, he was just so happy when I told him that I was bi. I said bi at the time because that was the easiest thing to say. Of course, now it's not bi anymore either. It's damn right gay. Um, But anyways, I remember um, (laughs) the first thing he said was, um, he goes, well, I still love you. And I said, he goes, you know why I wouldn't love you? What are some reasons why I would? What could you ever do that I wouldn't? And I'm like, well, if I was like a murderer or like, and he goes, or if you were a Democrat. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. I'm sorry. I'm so- wow. wow. To this day, he thinks I am a Republican. <laughs> oh my See, there are weird stuff with parents. Wow. But I mean, like, with you. <laughs> so, I mean, as long wow. as I am. You know, not a Democrat. He's cool He's with He's cool that. with whatever wow. you yeah. do. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. There seems own conflicts that he would be a conservative. He's really not. Like, mm. he's he's trying to be. Well, I remember he told me that he could get it, me being attracted to women. But then I told him I'm attracted to women that are very boyish, that look more like, you know, have the guy thing. I'm not attracted to women that look like me, huh. you know. And he's like it was easier for him to understand only if I was attracted to girls that he'd want to, you know what I mean? Hey, everybody, you're listening to Between the Sheets here on the United Broadcasting Network, 323-524-2599. Call in, call in, call in. Hello, Diane Bailey. Hello, Lacey Williams. Hello, Susan Esco, Nancy Worthington, Bob Farley, Donna Valdez, uh, Valerie, Valerie Milano. Um, How are you? Um, And uh, call in, 323-524-2599. Now, we have our new guys at the thing. When they call in, do they pop up? Okay, cool. So um, if they call in, we'll, we'll make time for you. But so the, the long story short, when did I come out? Technically, I, I like sort of recognized it and practiced it starting at 20. Mm. 20? Yeah, I was a late bloomer. Yeah. See, wow. I was like the exact opposite of you. Mm. Because my Most first. Most people are. No, I mean, my <laughs> first experience was with a girl when I was actually starting oh, at about yeah. the age of nine. And she was like 11. Oh, and she young. was my nine. best friend. See, but you have to understand something. I grew up in a household, both my parents were physicians so uh and they were very dr spock and very like 
this oh was God, the sixties and seventies. Yeah, okay. So okay. they were like very open, and like my dad would leave out Playboys because he didn't want to hide them to give an idea that the naked female body was shameful. And I thank him to d- to today for that because okay. I grew up thinking that the naked female body was beautiful. That's yeah. great. Now later we found that like really skanky spank <laughs> mags under the bed <laughs> in the guest bedroom, but he didn't know that. Um, but uh, I met this girl when I was nine, and she and I became best friends. She, her mom, because she was really shy, made her go through the school directory and pick someone. She said, you're going to pick someone, you're going to invite them over, and they're going to come and play with you. So she picked me. Aww. And we were like thick as thieves for a couple of years. And I, my parents, being doctors, I had read The Sensuous Man, The Sensuous Woman, and The Joy of Sex all the bata- by the time I was 12. I read oh The Exorcist God. by the <laughs> time I was 12. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. You remember that? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, what do you mean? Oh, hold on. There was another book my mother had. She had a stack of books by her bedside. The Exorcist was one of them. And then there was something called Jacqueline Suzanne's The oh, Love yeah. Machine. Oh, yeah. What she, the heck is that? Yeah. Jacqueline Suzanne wrote all these romance novels that oh, were basically softcore chick porn. Yeah. yeah. But it was wow. hetero, hetero. And then there was Scruples by Judith yes. Kranz. Yes. Oh, yes. oh yeah. <laughs> yes. But I've never thought about that in a million years. I yeah, was reading I totally poetry. I well, read poetry and we, mm. well, I like astrology. Well, look, when I got older, you know, I did poetry, but it was always because it was the it was the mystique of that that cabinet. Mm. You know, it was like like it wasn't like books displayed on our coffee table. <laughs> oh, it was I know. books on a cabinet. So I was like, hmm. <laughs> you know. You don't want to know what we found in her mother's trash can. Oh, my God. We found, like, hardcore porn. This Dude, book. that's awesome. In your little friend's Yeah, mom? my, my <laughs> friend's mom's oh trash can. We my. found this book called Chained Youth, which <laughs> was about this, this young man who was adopted because his parents died, and it turns out that he, um, she was trans, and it was a whole, oh, my God. It was so intense. You don't want to know. No, I don't. I really, I really <laughs> want amazing. I yeah. really want to unhear <laughs> what you just said. I know it was really. In, I and need we to like unhear this. It. But the point I was getting to was, we did all this stuff until I saw my first penis, and then that, was and then it was like angels singing, oh, and I was like, oh my god, wow. what is that? Well, well, I know what that is. I want to touch it. it I, that I'm off to the races. Banning oh the penis. No, 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 no. Wow. See, I was the complete opposite of all of y'all. I was, I like, so my neighbor, my neighbor, I was five years old. My little girl, uh, girl neighbors liked playing with me. Yeah. You and mean, like, like doctor? N- yeah, yeah. No, but it's like, they just liked cornering me and kissing me. And I'm wow. like, I just, I didn't understand. How old were they? Yeah. Her age. Two of them are my age and one of them was a few years older, which I kind of like wondered about that looking back at it Mm. but i always had guys falling all over me and so i had a boyfriend in kindergarten (sighs) and so i literally had boyfriends throughout my entire life and that was my only like female experience and so i just i was always attracted to women but i was also always attracted to men but i felt for women Mm -hmm. that i didn't feel towards men and Mm. then you know, I saw my first penis. And I'm like, that's interesting. <laughs> and, I, saw um, first pe- I saw my first penis. It scared the <laughs> fuck out of me. Well, I'm like, where'd that me? go? 
I was just like, uh. I just, I kind of just wanted to experience it. I was right, bef- right before oh I was turning 18. I wanted to experience it. I just wanted it to, to get it over with because I actually was attracted to my trainer. <laughs> but I didn't want to have sex with the wrong person. So I picked somebody that I used to be in a relationship with. And I'm like, wow, I don't ever want to do that again. <laughs> <laughs> and so I told my best friend, I think I'm gay, but I don't know. And he's like, well, come out with me and you'll figure it out. Uh, we were 18. We were at a hotel party playing spin the bottle. It was like truth or dare. Hotel party. So yeah. I said dare. I mean, <laughs> yeah. what do you do at 18? <laughs> so yeah. and well, you don't want to know what I was doing at 18. <laughs> you don't want, I, yeah, you don't <laughs> want to know where <laughs> I was at 15 to 18 at all. <laughs> right. Well, I was innocent compared to y'all. Yeah, but was, mm. so then he dared me to kiss a girl, and I looked at him like I wanted to kill him. Mm. <laughs> and so I didn't know what to do, and she leaned in and kissed me. And I'm like, I guess I'm kissing her. And then that ah yeah, moment right. that happened yeah. that you're talking yeah. about, I didn't know that that's what it was supposed to feel like when you yeah. kiss well, somebody. Well, that's the thing. When yeah. you feel it, you I'm know like, holy cow. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, guys, people are trying to call in, and they say that the phone recording says we're offline. Okay. Sorry about that. I got, I know, I uh, Val, thanks for keeping us honest here. The guys are working on it. Um, but uh, we still have about an hour left, so I'm sure they'll figure it out, <laughs> the good boys that we have. Um, but anyway, um, getting back to you, yes. Carol. I have um, for Carol. So <laughs> I just, I know, but I, I, know, I just, I need, the, I, mean, bes- I, mean, I need the woman to tell us what she, like, so how, I just want to know, what was, again, the impetus for you to, go into the field as a professor because you started as a professor in this field as well right yeah I'm, well i'm still a professor yeah. so what how did you get there um like what started it mm, so i i walked into that feminist theory course and fell in love with the ideas there and the language there and felt like it gave me a way to talk about my reality that i hadn't had until that time in fact i told my students that it felt like the top of my head blew off that w- and the light <laughs> finally shined and, and it was that Duh, yeah. that, uh, that moment mm. for me was, yeah, yeah, no penises. <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> um, no penises invited. So, <laughs> and then at that point, I just, I, you know, I fell in love with it, and I just kept, kept learning, and I ended up getting a double bachelor's degree, wow. and then went on to get my master's, and then went straight from my master's into the PhD. Um, and you wrote a book, right? I've, yeah, I've, you know, and I forgot it. It's I okay. I realized while I was halfway here, I forgot it. Yeah, I, I have, I've written many articles. And I have written a book. It, I co-authored it with a friend of mine, Karen Chappelle. And um, we also had the input from a master teacher named Lisa Richardson. And the book is called uh, Gender mm, Gender Identity and LGBTQ Inclusion in K-12 through Education. Mm-hmm. So I'm really proud to say that it's on several banned book lists. Mm. Wow. Which knows that's good. That's an achievement. Yeah, that is an achievement. You you've done something that's challenging the status mm. quo and very interested in doing that. Um, and it's really, um, I think it's an important text because it's the first one that I'm aware of that's directed at K through 12 educators and really begins and insists upon the fact that gender identity, um, gender expression, sexuality, and biology are different identity categories. Yeah. Very different. Mm-hmm. That's excellent. Yes. Mm-hmm. And um, you don't find that in K through 12, right? But no. if you talk to, for example, trans folk, Mm-hmm. Or gender queer, gender expansive folks, you find out that you know they knew yeah. that this was who they were from this very earliest moment of a sense of self. Of course, that 
and even pre-linguistic yeah. often, uh-huh. right? Yeah. So um, the fact that we that there was no kind of training like that for K through 12 teachers, that there was no kind of textbooks like that, it feels like it was a it feels like it was and is an important contribution, something I'm really quite proud of. Absolutely. I yeah. d- when I was a, a kid <coughs> growing up, uh, there was nothing like that. We didn't know like. I lived in a very conservative area in, in Orange County, and it was just you're a boy and you're a girl. There were tomboys, but they, you know, they weren't. They were on the <laughs> basketball team. Yeah, or the soccer. They played yeah. forward yeah. on the soccer yeah. team. But the <laughs> thing is. That's true. Yeah. I have one specific <coughs> one in mind. Um, the thing is, though, is I didn't know anybody. This was not discussed. This was like 1990, 1991, 92. Like, and and where did you grow up? Uh, this was in Orange County in, well, two different high schools. One was in the Mission Viejo area. And then Very the other was in uh, Corona Del Mar. See, now I grew up in New York, mm-hmm. so um, in New York, New Jersey. I had cousins that were gay male. <coughs> no and the family one. had no problem with it, just very mm-hmm. whatever. But then, you know, I went to acting school. So in acting school, there was right. gay guys and gay girls. So, right. And then when I went clubbing, <coughs> there, were, there were certain lesbian bars and gay boy bars. I never went to them. I went to like mm. the limelight right. or Tunnel the or f- a studio 54 or the oh, and that was just anything went yeah and it didn't matter okay so um so I didn't grow it's so funny because I didn't grow up with the fear of gay bashing or anything like that but what did hit mm. me big time was the AIDS crisis yeah mm. it's interesting um are you saying that in your book it's mostly for teachers to be aware of, or is this a, a book that um, that uh, t- children and growing up no, through it's, could it's understand? It's for teachers. It's for teachers. So they just needed to know it amongst themselves. It's not like they're going to teach it to the kids, or so they just needed to be think aware. About w- if you think, just you know, think back to when you were in um, in elementary school, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and even your earliest memories. My bet is that the teacher and those those systems organize you according to gender. Even like the simplest daily, multiple times every day, boys line up over of here, course. girls line up over, over mm-hmm. there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that forces you to choose. And right. if you are a trans person, mm. or even a gender queer person, or a gender expansive person, you, know, you don't. You know, where do you go in that right. case? But more importantly, it sends you a bigger message that you are not normal. Yeah, right, right? definitely. Yeah. Like the normal kids know exactly where to go. Right. And normal right. is a binary. So mm-hmm. when, we, when we use the word normal, we automatically create another group as abnormal. abnormal. Correct. That yeah. they d- those two categories depend on each other. That's how language works. Right. And that's how power kind of seeps in to our lives through language. Mm. Um, we, can do we could say the same thing about whiteness and brownness, for example. It's funny you bring that up because that's what I wanted to ask you about is where do you touch on intersectionality in your studies? Because I have conversations. I've gotten in huge fights with a friend of mine who's a lesbian and she's I was always having her back when she was talking about, you know, discrimination against lesbians and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. But when it came to discrimination against black people. Oh, well, her issue was way more important and blah, blah, blah. And she was always shoving me under the bus. And it really pissed me off. Mm. We're not friends anymore, Mm -hmm. as a matter of fact. Mm. Because she did not get what I was saying about the intersectionality. So please speak to that. Um, 
So my, uh, the discipline that I'm in is an intersectional discipline. It's an interdisciplinary discipline. We do rely on Kimberly Crenshaw's work. Kimberly Crenshaw coins the term intersectionality. She's a legal scholar. So we do some of that. And some of the folks that I teach with specialize in, le the, in legal work and, and use her, her work specifically. Um, but our discipline as a whole relies on critical race theory. And intersectionality and Crenshaw's work is a really huge and important part of, of that. Cool. Um, critical race theory is under is under attack right now. Mm -hmm. Everything yeah, that I everything <laughs> I do actually in the current political environment, everything that I do is under attack. Everything yeah. that my department does is yeah. under attack. Do they because they try to make it sound like you're pushing a political agenda? <coughs> right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That the I mean the reality of our identities exists before this language. Mm -hmm. It exists before the political agenda. Mm -hmm. um, part of the problem is that we've developed or not part of the problem. I think actually part of the solution is we now have more and more words to express all these different identities that are intersectional that include um, race, class, able-bodiedness, um, sexuality, Ageism. gender identity, gender expression, age. Right. We have lots and lots of and particularly around LGBTQIA+, mm -hmm. like I could keep going with mm. more letters <coughs> when right. I yeah, say yeah. that, right? Um, we, have we have lots of language that is developing around that now. And, and to my mind, there's nothing but good things that come from that. Mm. Because if you don't have a way of representing yourself, if you don't see yourself represented out in the, in the world, yeah. in terms of language, in terms of images, mm -hmm. which several of you I know are involved in the, in the industry, if you don't see ever see yourself, that's a kind of violence. That's a kind of erasure. Yep. <laughs> And yep. so <coughs> the fact that we're developing more words, more language, we have the alphabet soup keeps getting longer and yeah. longer, yeah. is life affirming. It's really <coughs> important. But, but conservatives see that as a big threat. Oh, yeah. Okay, so here's my thing, because we've talked about this before, you and I, offline. <coughs> we keep putting all these labels. I mean, you know, we are one. There's so many labels. There's so many. And it's not that it's not correct to do it's fine everyone has a voice but if we continue to put labels on and i'm just talking about the lgbt yep. plus lmnopqlyz community um <coughs> is you know how does that make us become more cohesive it in a way is actually making us you know separate from each other i mean before it was the gay guys and the lesbians and truly like back in the day they didn't want us there and we didn't want them there mm -hmm. period and that was always an issue because again you're we're the same and the same in that we are <coughs> we're a diverse class we stigmatized. don't stigmatize because we're both stigmatized and right. <coughs> you know we need to stick together okay then came in the bees don't get that one still and then the T's which I understood you know you know because I, I understand that but then it becomes all of this and actually Nick Casey came on we were talking about Nick earlier we love Nick Nick we love you we love you Nick. <coughs> we love you Nick um, <coughs> but he came on when this whole big thing started because this is gonna be like three years ago or more about you know gender fluid cis you know they them and I brought him on I brought them on specifically to explain this to the panel because pronoun <coughs> usage, pronouns? pronoun usage, absolutely. And 
<coughs> you know, and then I, I used to have this thing called the cuss jar. We don't cuss as much as we used to. Um, <coughs> really? Yeah. Had a cuss oh, my, really? We had <laughs> yeah, a cuss we jar. Did. Yeah, Every time someone <laughs> said any cuss, it was in there because um, it was excessive. And um, I took it <laughs> and I said, look, you know, all money tonight, you know, if once Nick explains this to us, we're going to do the show. And every time we screw up, it's a dollar in the jar. We made a lot of money that night. <laughs> <laughs> and then I just took the money and, you know, mm -hmm. gave it to Nick. Um, but it was, it is, you know, it's just hard to keep it clear. So it's like we have an agenda, but shouldn't we have an agenda as a community? I mean, do you feel that that, I'm asking Carol one second. Okay. Do you feel that that hinders what we're doing as a community? So, um it's interesting because um, I, I hear what you're saying, and what what I what I'm hearing. Well, actually, let me make sure that I'm hearing what you're what you're actually saying, which is that how do we create a political movement around our our rights if we can't if we have to have all these different races? Correct. Right. right. So um, the thing is that the that umbrella that the, that clear umbrella where we've got LGBTQIA and we're continuing to add. Um, identity categories mm -hmm. to that, and who knows where it will end up, right? Um, that the word queer will actually function as as a, a category that everybody fits into. Not mm -hmm. everybody is happy about that, and there's, you know, particularly older generations in our community um, have experienced that word as a weapon and mm -hmm. as a pejorative, right. and so it's that's a really difficult word for them. Um, but that this is why we have the the, the LGBTQIA thing is there we don't we don't just go with queer in other words queer is an important label but we're not giving up we're not giving up those individual identity categories either because the truth is just as you said gan that the reality of what it means to be a white gay man in this culture is very different than what it means to be a lesbian very different than what it means to be a lesbian woman of color very different than what it means to right. be an immigrant woman mm -hmm. so we still can organize underneath these individual categories and create movements for our rights underneath these individual categories but we also can come together under these larger umbrella terms like queer or lgbtqia plus and support each other in that way so we need to have we need to have both of those things there's a parallel here with if you think about the 1970s feminist movement, there's a kind of parallel. So the 1970s feminist movement was was a lot of the rallying cries then for women's rights were things like, I want the right, we want the right to work outside the home, right? And then women of color come in and say, are like, what the F? You know, we, we've been working uh -huh. outside the home forever. What are you, this is not a movement for us, and we're women too. Right. And um, so there was this kind of way in which um, – the idea of woman, this label of woman, was challenged at that political moment. And what folks like Audre Lorde and other mm -hmm. feminist women, and primarily women of color feminists, provided for us at that moment was the idea that, yes, that to use, to organize under the term woman is um, to risk erasing, but at the same time, we have to strategically come together under the under the the rubric of women in order to, to get our rights. So that kind of strategic essentialism was what the, their, the idea that they brought to that was. Okay, hold on. Because the phone is not working, I said someone's been texting and, e I'm sorry, Robin Tyler, who 
if anyone doesn't know Rob and Tyler, seriously, like you shouldn't. You need to know. You need to know when you're not a lesbian. Um, I don't know what the hell you are. So, Robin. I'm going to put you, you're on speakerphone. I don't know if you can get this, but why don't you speak your question? Okay, well, basically what, what I was, it's a question and an answer. Um, when Carol was talking about everybody being in the tent, you know, and which is right, everybody should, because the more people we have, the stronger our resistance is to anybody that is discriminating against us. So more is better. What lesbians are afraid of is that they will get lost in the bigger, a lot of times the dominant uh, culture takes over. For instance, gay men, there was a focus on gay men. And um, uh, what I wanna ask Carol is, you, I don't know if you did this before, but you, you wrote a great article about the word queer, which of course being an older dyke, I hated. But, <laughs> but you wrote, but, but no, but because, because when we were called queer, that's when they were chasing us down the street to beat us up, right? Yeah. Except right. we weren't running. But, but basically, Carol wrote this brilliant article about the word queer and why the word queer is good, even though it shouldn't substitute. So I wanted to know if you could talk about the word queer, Carol. Yes, yeah, I can. Okay. Um, thanks, Robin. All right. Um, yeah, I, yes, if you don't know who Robin Tyler is, you really must find out who Robin Tyler is, and you can look her up on Wikipedia and read a lot about what she has done, but she's a trailblazing um, lesbian and um, marriage equality. We owe her a great debt when it comes to marriage equality. Absolutely. We owe her a great debt when it comes to our rights generally because she led the marches on Washington, D.C. Mm. that were so influential in the 70s and 80s. Um, so, yeah, the, the word queer is... I mean, it is a pejorative. It does hurt for, for certain generations. Uh, when we started the Queer Studies minor at California State University Fullerton, my colleague, Dr. Chris Beals, and I, Chris is in psychology, it was very interesting because the discipline has gone toward the use of the word queer. And when, as a, an intellectual discipline, we're talking about the word queer, we're not talking about it in terms so much of uh, as um, an identity category, but rather as a kind of critique of normativity. So queer theory looks at the way in which ideas around normal have been constructed, who has benefited from those ideas around normal, and how they are a cultural and a social construct, right? Mm -hmm. So um, the other way that, that uh, folks in academia are using the word queer is as a kind of um, verb, like queering the discipline. So if for example, let's just take art history. If we look at art history, art history is the history of white heterosexual men. Mm -hmm. That's what that's what you see in the art history books. Still to this day, you see very few, um, uh, very few people I, I and very few work that reflects any other kind of a paradigm other than white heterosexual men. But if we queer that canon and we begin to look at um, artists of color, we begin to look at um, reimagining museum spaces even, so that then you're walking through a museum, you're not just confronted with one particular kind of history, which is a really violent colonial history also. So we want, we're mm -hmm. through this term queer and the idea of queering, we talk about changing who gets a voice in culture and changing the stories that are being told. So um, the, the queer, queer theory comes in at a moment when um, colonial theory is changing the way that we think about our past, when we are getting interventions in literature and interventions in science, and um, it provides a kind of platform through which other voices can finally begin to be heard other than white heterosexual male voices. I know you had something to say, Dirk. Um, yeah, I was gonna say that 
when you are talking about all the different terms or um, with LGBTQIA+, self-identification is so important. And because so many people have been forced to conform to one thing or another, to finally be able to say, wait a minute, this is me. This is who I want. This is my truth and how I describe myself. To have as many shades of the palette as you need to do that mm. is really important. I mean, to go back to something as simple as like when James Brown came out with I'm Black and I'm Proud. To not be called something that somebody else called us. To not be colored. To not be Negro. We wanted to call ourselves black. That was very empowering. So for somebody to say, you know, I'm gender queer, I'm gender fluid, I am trans, I am mm -hmm. lesbian, I'm, you know, and all the different shades of that beautiful rainbow is so powerful to be able to finally say, I've been wondering yeah. who the hell I am for my whole <laughs> life, and this is who I am. It is great. I think it must be so great for, uh, or easier, maybe, I could be wrong, for the Generation Z, um, yeah. the, the millennials, yeah. e not so much millennials, but Generation <coughs> Z, um, just because it's not such a shocker because it's right. so out in the open. I don't know if it's not as out of the open if you were like Midwest. I don't know if they're, you know, really. But it's where we there. live, it sure is out in the open. And yeah. um, it's nowadays, I think, like almost it's normal if I were to go talk to some 13-year-old girls or 14-year-old girls and go, oh, I don't go. Do you have a boyfriend? I just so is there someone that you're interested right. in? And sometimes I go, or girl, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. Yeah. And you know, in my day, uh, not that I'm that old, but <laughs> I do remember that that was not an option. Mm. No. Yeah. It's not mm. it. And eventually, it's not going to matter at all. I hope so. I mean, that would be that's really that's nice. That's kind of where we're heading. But, we're, but you know what? Um, you know, we all grew up, well, not you two as much. You and I, Robin, <laughs> amazing, you know, Mal right. Kudos trailblazer for all of us. Um, but... You know, Robin sort of started the train in her generation, you know. Then there was our generation. I mean, you know, when I came out here, I, I marched for ACT UP. I, I did all mm -hmm. of that. People mm -hmm. I knew were here today, gone tomorrow, you know, yeah. with the AIDS crisis. Yeah. So, yeah. <coughs> and, yeah, uh, but I mean. I lost a few. But it has, it has gotten better. So by no means, you know, like you know I, I think i think and if robin you know keep me honest but i think in robin's generation i think if you were gay and you went to a gay club it was illegal i mean yeah, i know this I know. it's a fact it's stonewall so yeah. it was illegal yeah. and then i had another friend or a woman who owned a bar in the valley and she said uh, that when they used to go to bars that if they saw the cops coming or the doorman that a red light would go on and what? <clears throat> yep and there would be like and the men and women like would switch so it all looked like they were straight couples. Wow. Um, I mean, when wow. I, you know, <clears throat> when I was there. I wish Robin was still here. She has stories. About I'm that. sure yeah, she does. Well, Robin's sure. going to have to come on yeah, the show. So what happened is so, you know, so we, you know, my generation, Carol's, and we took it to the next step. And then, you know, we have gotten farther, but by no means because of the political agenda. You know, I keeping us back mm -hmm. that. It's good. It take. It's going to take us a while to get to where, as you said, it won't matter. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I just saw the Hulu special with Cara Delevingne. You guys see that Planet Sex? Uh -uh. No. Oh, it's great. Cara is a really gorgeous model. Um, she's a total gender bender. She, I can totally see the boy in her. Um, and she has like a six part um, thing on Hulu called uh, it's like a documentary where she tries to figure this all out. And she's all over the world interviewing all sorts of, of the queer community. And um, that was very interesting. But what I like to find out is why do why is it so hard for people to separate gender from sexuality? What what is it? Is this, is this the fact that you have a penis or you have a vagina? Ew, I hate saying those words. But no, is that like the reason why you can't, like why people can't separate sexual? It's not a sexual thing. Gender's no. different. It's not the same thing. And I don't understand why that's so hard for most people. To the collapse. Yes. Yeah. Why? It's because we're so used to thinking in a binary paradigm. That's why. No, and what were you going to say? That, that is right. Yeah. That is yeah. absolutely yeah. right. But the collapse is actually even sort of bigger than that. It's even worse than that. It's not just um, sexuality and gender. Mm -hmm. It's like the, the, the collapse happening with your gender identity, which is in your head, mm. right? Gender expression, which is the way that you manipulate the signs and the symbols of culture to indicate to others who you like are. Like right? Yeah, my, yeah. Ha my hair, my makeup, right? My, right? Um, so that's gender expression. Mm -hmm. So gender identity in your head, gender expression, this kind of way in which you construct your visual self and also your voice. Um, and sexuality, what turns you on, and then biology. Correct. Yeah. All those things are different, yes. and none of those are a binary. None of yeah, them. Yeah, none. Even, even if we go to biology, right, if yeah. we're yep. we often say, Crazy. okay, male or female. The fact of the matter <laughs> is that there's <laughs> lots and lots of biological variation in there, and your biology, your gendered biology, your female and maleness, mm. including hormones, right, mm -hmm. those change dramatically over your lifetime. Right, yeah. Um, so the, the collapse is, is huge. The collapse is way worse mm -hmm. than just, just gender and sexuality. And how we begin to tease those things out, I think, is really it's important. It's so complex. It is. And that's the problem. People don't see, some people do not have it within them to see how complex it is. Because it's easier not to. It's yeah. power. Not it's power over here with your guys. But it's well, it goes back to the also the binary thing. Correct. Binary, yeah. Our but our brains love binaries. Yeah. They are very lazy ways of thinking. Yeah. But it, but we rely on them. So you, if someone's walking toward you, you just instantly you're in un even unaware of the fact that you are dropping people mm -hmm. into these binary categories. Mm -hmm. Oh, man, woman, mm -hmm. um, gay, straight, right. tall, fat. You know, you just you're 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 putting you people need to in all kinds them. of boxes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All kinds of boxes for comfort. And level? that's because. Our brains are lazy. Yeah. Oh. And our brains are lazy. We don't have the language that's pushing them. Or we're, yeah. we're developing the language that's it's pushing them. It's not just now. our brains okay, are lazy. Okay, hold on. Uh, we have a caller. Okay. I can't believe it. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me when they're on. Good hey, job, guys. good job. This is Gan. Welcome to Between the Sheets. Who's calling? Hello? Uh oh. Anyone? Are they still there? Going once. Uh, there's a volume up for their thing? Did they hang up? Oh, hold on. I don't get it. I don't know. Hang up on them. I don't know. I'm sorry. Um, I have no idea. We had a caller and now we don't. But continue. We'll try again. We'll try again. I was going to say it's not just that we're lazy. It's because the people who have been on top, name, namely white Eurocentric males, mm have made it such a priority that they are at the pinnacle that anything that is not them 
is not that's paid pat- attention patriarchy, to. Patriarchy, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 straight old patriarchy, Completely. basically. Yes. Yeah, and that and the fact that we like we think quickly and that we think through binaries, just like kind of a computer thinks through, bi- through binaries, kind of makes it com- even more complicated to get out of that right. paradigm. But you're totally right that that's I mean the white to non-white that mm-hmm. just from that mm-hmm. very that the beginning of that binary. Even, yeah. You know, who is who is marked as powerful and who is marked as powerless? And the folks who are marked as powerful through a binary category depend on the folks who are marked as powerless staying powerless right. yeah. in order for them to con- continue That's why you rock the boat. Power. Sorry, I right. didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah, yeah. Ro- rocking the boat, they don't like that. And of course yeah. they're threatened by it. Yeah. Right. And, uh, any powerful, woman, smart woman still in this country <laughs> is still making less Yep. than a man. Mm-hmm. And they may be way more educated, but because still in this paradigm here that, it, 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 I don't know, I'm sure every other country too, but it's still that white male. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. you know, like in many Native American tribes, they recognized at least four different genders. That's correct. And that was natural. When, since when? For um, all of the time? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Hmm. Two-spirit is one of the categories that yeah. they've used, right? They have lots of different words. Mm-hmm. This is also part of it. Like, if you only have the language to reflect a binary category, then that's all you, like, language forms the limits mm-hmm. of our understanding. Right. It forms the limits of our world. Yeah. So this is, again, why all having all these words, these new words, is really such an important contribution. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, hold on, I have a caller. <laughs> hey, Val. Hey, 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 hey. Hi. This is Val Milano. Hi Val. Hi, Val. Hello. Yes, Hello. speak, my friend. Hey. Hey, hey I, I heard Carol that I need to call you Dr. Carol Ketchum. <laughs> <laughs> no, Val, you don't have to do that. <laughs> hey, I want to know what a typical day in your life is. I know you do so much. Um, well, you do so much too, Val. So much for our community. Thanks for all that you do. Um, a typical day. I, you know, I don't even know. After COVID, is there a typical day? I don't <laughs> even know. Oh my God. Um, d- we went. You know, I went from being on campus most days during the week to we're still really not on campus in the way that we were before. Um, there's you know, still a lot of Zoom kind of stuff going on right now. So I don't know that we've landed on How normal. Many <laughs> oh well, that now that's something I can really talk about. So um, thanks, Val. Um, one of one of my I have served on a number of boards, and my latest the latest board that I'm serving on that I'm very excited about is the Desert AIDS Project. Oh. Um, it or formerly called the Desert AIDS Project, now it's called DAP Health, and DAP Health is a, a quite a famous organization <coughs> back in the the. Um, terrible days of HIV in the, s- the 70s, in the, a- the 80s and 90s. <coughs> um, the Desert AIDS Project was the first clinic to really be taking care of um, the gay community. Mm. And they w- set the standards. They are still around. They've grown into DAP Health. So mm. they're no longer called Desert AIDS Project. They're now called DAP Health. And DAP Health, um, I just recently joined their board and I'm very excited to say that they have a women's health initiative that, that we are un- rolling out. Um, it's really, I think, an exciting time to be out in the desert. I have a place out in the desert. I go back and forth, and my plan is, as I'm 59 right now, my plan is that I will retire out there in the desert. So I'm very interested in being involved out there, creating a women's community, creating 
health care for women out in the, in the desert and in the, the valley area. Um, DAP has lots of really interesting and exciting things in the works when it comes to expanding their services. And um, so th this is a, a, r a really big passion of mine. Cool. <coughs> and if anybody is around in Palm Springs, uh, you can go to the DAP website. They are having a gala on March 25th. I got my tickets. <laughs> <laughs> I got my tickets. Um, and actually make it a fun fill weekend because you go to DAP on Saturday and a Robin Tyler's show on Sunday. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about the award and what the gala is about? Yeah, so the, um, the DAP gala, the big gala that, that DAP does every year is called the Stephen Chase Humanitarian Awards. And it's probably the most elegant event out in the desert. I, I would say it, that it definitely is the most elegant event out in the desert. They bring in entertainment from Broadway. Wow. Um, the food is fantastic. The entertainment is spectacular. The, you know, our, our gay brothers show up in their finest, and they look marvelous. And, <laughs> um, and the women there are beautiful as well. It's just, it's just a fabulous, fun an entertaining evening and that yes as Deanne says that this year is March 25th and it's going to be a, a, a lovely wonderful time the tickets are, are on sale now so you can reserve tickets now if you go to the DAP health website and, um, and and Carol I know you're reading you're reading you're writing another book yeah um, I am I'm the book that I'm working on now is uh, kind of a passion project so I went I've gotten tenure and now um, I'm a full professor so I'm kind of the point now where I don't need to do anything that has to be published in a particular press. Mm -hmm. I can publish wherever I want to and do and do the kind of work that I've been kind of putting off while I was on the, the treadmill of having to publish or perish. <laughs> so um, <laughs> now that I'm done with that, I'm working on a book about Arabella Huntington, who is a pretty controversial figure um, and of the Gilded Age. She was born in 1850. And um, I don't want to talk too much about it because I, um, I am, am waiting to get my publisher all dialed in before I do that. Nope. But I'll <coughs> tell you that it's, it's a passion project, and she was a fascinating woman and a very controversial woman, and um, I'm, I'm very excited about it. So thanks for wow. asking. Well, you're welcome, Carol Ketchum. Um, but even more importantly, we're talking, again, uh, we have these weird conversations, not weird, pretty cool conversations about building a community. Because when we were talking today about the DAP <coughs> um, awards and what the DAP does, you know, it, it is about building, in a way, s a community. A community in the desert um, where women are flocking to more. Because it used to be, I mean, I, I, I mean, we all know this, whoever's been to Palm Springs, as old as I am, it was always where gay guys went, white right. gay guys. Mm -hmm. And that was it. And now a whole bunch of my friends, women, they're all moving to mm -hmm. the desert. Mm -hmm. And it's wonderful. So it's like, I was telling Kelsey, I just want to buy a piece of land and just... I love this idea. <laughs> I want to buy it. a piece of land, just huge piece of land and... You know, and and have my friends move on this land, and we can all sort of have a community of like minds, and and just like like the like the TV show Virgin River, but with lesbians. You know what I mean? 
I mean, you didn't see the Virgin River? No. It's very nice. It's like it's I, it, it's like Little House on the Prairie and the Waltons, but it's really a oh nice girl. show. Oh, wow. Girl, sure girl. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nice show. Okay, have you okay. ever lived in a situation like that? I have. <laughs> I have. We don't go camping. Come on. You it's not I camping. Like, I don't camp. For Christ's sake, what you're people. About. I'm camping saying it's Palm not. Springs. I'm not saying yeah. it's in BF nowhere. Okay. <laughs> well, you, you made it sound like it's like some kind of like. No, but it's that it's that huggy touchy feely in a very nice touchy? way where you would never be invited there um, she'd be totally invited she would so I'd not be, be the invited first one. No. i'd be like hi and, and I, you wouldn't be invited but i really would be able to have a sense of community because okay. there are mm-hmm. some of us like for me i don't you know i don't have family you know what i mean yeah. Yeah. um there and then as we talked about just because you have kids doesn't guarantee right. your kids are going to take care of you, but quite frankly why would you want to be a responsibility a responsibility for your children no, I you know like yeah. golden girls i want to have like my cool. crew but that's the thing yeah. it's golden yeah. girls that sounds like cool. that sounds cool you know, so then that's as one long as they're houses and not like tents. Or yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. It would have to have electricity and shower okay. and water. Oh, does anyone okay, on this? You know what? Does you know. anyone on this panel know me? <laughs> yes. No, me. I, 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 know I need that. my makeup. Yeah. I need right. my clothes. Right. I need a shower <laughs> daily. I have. If you look at my house, I've got a whole cabinet full of hair products okay <laughs> so no this one does not go camping no. okay yeah, good, no i told you i didn't even know when it when i was like at my first gay pride back in like i don't know 2007 and um i went to use one of the outhouses there the line of you know oh outhouses Lord. yeah and i just I, my friends are right outside for me and i only went in there to use the mirror which I thought would there would be a mirror. Really? And I was ah, like, this ah, one's ah. broken. This one's broken. Oh What's no. up with these? Oh no. Yeah. No. I was really <laughs> sheltered. So you should have you should have known me then because we would have had the backstage yeah. pass. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Um. So Carol, where do you see you moving forward? Where you're make where you in the position that you are now making more of an impact? What What are the barriers that you personally have that would like to sort of push? Mm-hmm. Um. Well, you know, I, I, I wanted to return to this anyway as something I think that Mara said a few minutes ago about the um, Generation Z. And mm-hmm. I think that the, the place, one of the most important places that we as a community can be putting our energy is to create a world that is deserving of, those, of this generation that's coming up. And I say that because the Williams Institute, which is at UCLA, mm-hmm. somebody was, didn't. I went to UCLA. UCLA, yes, the Williams Institute, which is a really, an, 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 they're doing important research and important data gathering for our community. And one of the things that they have told us is that about 38% of Generation Z identify as queer. Mm. Wow. Yeah, no, really? I thought, like, right. I thought, I thought it was 50%. Probably, no, it's, you know, yeah. it's, it's, in a, it's 30, 30, 32 to 38, depending on Wow, I love that. The, That's the amazing. It is amazing. And I want to create a world that is deserving of that generation, yes, yeah. right? That they're they're critical thinkers. Mm. They are they were raised on principles of social justice. Um, they're also the group that is struggling the most right now with mental health mm-hmm. issues. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the Harvard just released their mental health statistics this past week as well, and um, a third of girls and forty percent of LGBTQ students mm-hmm. um, in Generation Z, mm-hmm. so fifteen to twenty five 
they are struggling with mental health issues to the point that they have irregular thoughts of taking their own yeah. lives. Yeah. yeah, and it's weird so because you think that um, that in this day and age where the everybody seems to be so enlightened, like this stuff is discussed where it was not discussed back in the 90s, you know, the 80s and the 90s, but yet it doesn't seem to af- matter. Maybe there's a lot more at, p- at stake here with why they're so depressed. Um, so, I mean, it, yes, it's discussed here mm-hmm. in this room. It's discussed in some places in Southern California, though probably not in Corona Del Mar and Newport Beach or Mission Viejo, <laughs> where you were at. But, you know, think about what's happening with DeSantis in Florida. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The pushback. It's the pushback, like, mm-hmm. exactly. Like you can't even say the word gay? Mm-hmm. What? what does that mean? Yeah, that's what Ron DeSantis yeah. is saying. He's saying that he wants to outlaw the word. No, are you kidding gay? me? Well, okay, I didn't hear that. Don't he doesn't want gay teachers. in the state of Florida. Why are yes. all the gay people the just be like, bitch, please? Are yeah. you, are they, you are. They, <laughs> they are. They are. They are. They are. I yeah, think that he felt. Yeah, for teachers in education. That's right. That you don't. He doesn't want. He wants to ban the word gay in education. That's just absurd. I thought he must be gay. Yes. Absolutely. He has to be gay. And he is. He is running for president. Yeah. Yep. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He is going to be on the Republican ticket. So, what does it mean if you are a gay kid and or gender queer kid or gender expansive? You, know, you don't quite fit into the gender binary in Florida. Now we're back. You, you used to be able to, to right. be represented. You used to see yourself in the systems of representation around you. You used to appear in language. Mm-hmm. Now all of a sudden, the teacher, your teachers are being told that they can't even say the word gay. Yeah, they can't even, even be there banned. for their for that their That is kids. violent. That yes. is incredible yes. violence. Yes. Absolutely. So that re- t- we can see from that that uh, these mental health numbers flow directly from that kind of, of a course. thing. Mm-hmm. It doesn't just affect young people in Florida because this is a national dialogue. Here. Right. Uh, right. The don't say gay thing it's is something that we're talking yeah. about in a national level. And the move that Republicans are rallying their political base by using this kind of division and this kind of hate rhetoric. Yes. I, I'm waiting for it all to come to a head because it's got to. I prefer to look at this as the last gasp of a dying breed and that they're screaming <laughs> bloody murder because they know it's inevitable. They are going to be outnumbered. It's just, it's inevitable. <sighs> but I want to address something that I would love to see the LGBTQIA plus community deal with. There is a hell of a lot of racism within that community. And you were saying, you know, you, you want gay men to support lesbians and likewise. Well, why is it then that there is so much racism within the gay community? Pisses me the fuck off. Excuse me. Okay, I'll put something mm. in the jar, but I don't care. Because <laughs> I meant what I just said. The hundred bucks. How is it that we're all marginalized and there's still that damn hierarchy? It It's infuriating. So I would love to hear from you ladies. I'm going to say there's hierarchy in anything. Um, there's hierarchy in the Latino community. There's a hierarchy yeah. in the african-american community there is a hierarchy in the lgbt plus community there is this is my point is that this is my big point is that anyone that's in a marginalized group yeah okay we are discriminating with our own within Mm -hmm. our own Mm -hmm. so how do why don't we all join together this is my kumbaya moment okay so like you know just because you're spanish from spain doesn't mean that someone from salvador is like crap colorism colorism so you know this is this is the whole big thing is you know 
why does each subsection discriminate amongst themselves even in the LGBT community, so it's like, why can't we just all get because together? Because there you know will why. always be ignorant people, always. Well, it's by design. And yeah, I, I and divide and conquer. And non-acceptance, totally non-acceptance. They don't it's even fear. accept themselves. It's That's fear. It. Yeah. And if, if they, if everyone started accepting themselves and loving themselves for who they are, they would stop judging less than or more than and just mm. love. But how do you judge who you are when, as Carol is saying in the news and having these, these jerks telling you you're you're not good right or there's something wrong so it's this catch 20. Well, I, love, I love the language of I, I love that you're using the language it's of love right I it's love that just you yeah are. it's the <coughs> inner it's child simple, work it, it yeah. is it's we all have to do our inner child work and our spirituality because it's it's if look we all get discriminated on i get discriminated discriminated on it just it's tough. It's tough. Uh, you know, I'm I'm a female-owned business owner, and and my but life you is tougher. But you know what? But I, I don't, don't gonna care. Interrupt. But you're not going to be discriminated. You're going to be less discriminated on the hierarchy if there was someone doing what you're doing that was Hispanic or that was a person yeah. of color. Well, and I, that's what Durga's well, point I, is: is why within the <coughs> LGBT community do we discriminate it, against? Because that? we're all discriminated on, and. Doesn't mean we you have to do it. We have to go ahead and do our inner child work and heal our wounds mm. and love ourselves and accept ourselves. And when we do that, we'll, that will just radiate everywhere. And that's what's going to change. Love is going <sighs> to change. Acceptance is going to change. And that's how that happens. I, I, I love that you're saying that. And... I think that if we all did that inner work, like that, that is an empowering thing. It's certainly the last couple of years of my life, I've just been able to do some of my own inner work, right? But it doesn't change the institution and the nope. systems around us that are white, that are based on white supremacy. Yep. This whole country and our whole national identity is based on white supremacy. Our entire history is based on white supremacy. Correct. And if you still look out at the institutions and who's running the institutions, including my own university, including Congress, mm -hmm. including the Senate, you I mean, look out there and who's running it. It's it's run through white supremacist ideologies, white supremacist structures, and heteronormative as well. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, well, yeah, the intersection, interse back right. to intersectionality, uh -huh. right? So all those things intersect, and what's happening right now politically, where we s white supremacy is all white supremacy, heteronormativity, um, these uh, nationalism, Christian nationalism. These are the rallying cries behind the Republican Party, and so they are—they are stirring all that up. You know, they're—they're they're making that stronger. They're making that—they're they leveraging that hate and the, and really that fear, yep. right? Because there's only really love and fear. Mm -hmm. There's two emotions: there's love and there's fear. So they're stirring up. They're using this language of white supremacy, heteronormativity, Chris, white Christian nas nationalism, to stir up all that fear, and then say, "We're going to save you." come over to us, we're going to save you. We can band together, all of us that are white, all of us that are mm -hmm. heteronormative, and we can have our own party and we can begin to run this country. Right. And <laughs> I, I like that too. Um, and so yes, inner work, individual inner work is, is powerful and important, but we also have to look out at these larger systems and structures because they will continue to run on their own if, if we don't start tackling those in a really mm, focused kind of a way. But if we were coming all from a secure place within, we could start breaking those systems and structures down. 
I'm sorry. I, I just got to say something. I, I know that we need to do inner work and love ourselves, but sometimes you just got to get mad. I understand I that. I think if we yeah. all got together and said, no, we are not going back to the 1950s. Mm. We are not going to go back into the closet. We are not going to go back to the plantation. We are not going to accept this from you. And actually, in actual fact, you guys are the minority now. And that's what they're really terrified about. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. 100%. That's but true. Yeah, th this it is such an important idea. And, and in the classroom, when I'm teaching intersex, intersectionality in my classroom, you know, it's really easy for students there is, it's really tough, rather, for students to see that big picture, right? Like, they c I can say, okay, well, white supremacy is alive and well in our country. And in fact, it's the basis upon which our entire our sense of nationalism is built. And they can s and then I'll have a student inevitably say, well, I have a friend who's black. I have a friend who's Asian. They're super wealthy. They live you know, in this gated community. And so racism is dead and white supremacy <laughs> is not a lot, is, 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 is a thing of the past. <laughs> and then so what I say to them is, you know, yes, that's real information. What you just, I believe you that you have this friend. But when we back up and look at this big picture, we take a macro lens look at the culture and the country that we're living in instead of a micro lens look, instead of looking at individuals or even individual communities that look at these large numbers and large data sets, what we see is that white folks, their lives, their reality is a world of difference from somebody who's a person of color, a woman of color, mm -hmm. a gay person, um, someone in the black community, right, that is being so ravaged by police violence. So, yeah, um, yeah it, it's, it's to, and to hold both of those ideas at the same moment that we can do our inner work and, and love and it would make a difference, gosh, I, I believe you that it would. I don't know how we actually make that happen, though. And in the can't. meantime, we've got people in, in communities that are being shot by the police oh, right. at unprecedented rates, right? And so holding both of those things, I think, is important. Believing in love is where that hope comes from mm -hmm. for me too. And I um, think we all here do. For we don't have time to depend it's on It's about raising, we need to raise our yeah. vibration up. Well, we oh, you're sounding like you fucking know, Sheena, and I love you, <laughs> Sheena. <laughs> 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 but you know what? Because that is the basic shit that we all have to work on, okay? Because yeah. this all this is rhetoric we right do. now, okay? Mm -hmm. I'm the first one that's peace, love, understanding. I mean, I, I, I've written papers on it. I've done it. Okay, I the show is predicated partially on this. Yes. Okay, so it is not that you you know it's like going to battle with a butter knife. That's <coughs> what it is. You know, it's the spirituality and this love, and that's where I'm centered. Okay, but you can't fight. If you want to fight, you've got to get your hands dirty, and you've got to be willing to speak up. And sometimes it's not going to be out of love, mm. because out of out of pain comes love. And unless you express your pain, love is nowhere. Otherwise, it's just someone that's total bullshit, a hypocrite. Love, peace, and happiness. No, unless you suffer and you have been pained, that is how you grow, and that is how you love, and that is what gives you the balls to fight. Just saying. Just One say word, it. Stonewall. Exactly. So, I mean, and I guess maybe this is because it is your generation. You know, your generation didn't <coughs> really have, you know, hey, look, everything, pain is generational, okay? 
it's and, and it happens with the the African American community, black community. It even happens with the gay community. All those lives and all those people that died, all that is breeded from one generation to another to another. And maybe I'm just a little where I am because my generation was in the middle. It was all of this, and at my generation with the AIDS crisis, it started the breaking point to actually start to move forward into something where we are now. And it's really sad to say that that's how old am I? Oh my God. Um, it was like, you know, 40 years ago. So, you know, I understand it and I, I, I preach it and I, I think the inner child, I go to therapy. I, 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 I do sound baths. I believe in it. It's not just bullshit, but you really need to hear what's going out there. I mean, people like Carol, they're really more important than, you know, someone, you know, with a tambourine saying, you know, do your inner child. I understand that there's a time to fight. I, I Trust me, I've, I've fought in many movements in my life in the LGBT uh, arena since I was young. And I really do get that. And I do get that we have to stand up and we, we have to battle. Um, however, we also need to just be centered and 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 not and heal from that pain as well so there, there how, should be how a balance. can you be centered when the people calling the shots and doing this are purposely making sure we're not centered pushing you off balance yep so well do we allow i get that there's something that we need to do and i get that we have to throw them from power and if we sit and collectively think about how to do that versus allowing them to have power over us and be upset because right now they're not upset over us why are we going to give them the power to let us be upset uh. huh? i understand <laughs> what roxanne said so so it's like if if i'm upset that means they won i allowed them to have the power over me to win to be upset but so how do we strategically well then what do you come do? together? I mean, if they're together. upset and you're not, if they're doing this and you're upset, then what do you do? How do you make a change? And don't tell me it's because you have to be centered. Well, I think we need to strategically get together and figure that out. And I think we, we, we do and that's need my to point. come together and sit. But we don't have to do it through anger. We could do it through, like, collaboration, sit and figure it out, <coughs> get some <coughs> petitions going on. Um, you know, get people in, in each major metropolitan area and every single state and just make get a movement going. Okay, Robin Tyler, power is never given, it has to be taken. Yep. And that is the truth. That, Sometimes that's the truth. righteous anger is the most powerful tool you can have. And I'm not saying we go there and it's gonna be like this whole militia, like LGBT plus everybody, many peak militia, you know, knocking on their doorsteps. That's why, you know, there are, are people that are intelligent, you know, and everybody is a bit of intelligence and it's, 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 it's about a collective. Yeah, and it's a collective. And it, it will not change overnight. In 40 years, it's changed a lot, you mm -hmm. know, and maybe the next 40 years, I'll be dead, but maybe the next, you report it to me though when I'm up <laughs> there, okay? <laughs> why, don't, why don't we do that? Why don't we start a movement? Why don't we start it here? Why don't we start a movement and go to every single state and find all the LGBT and every single state in the start there's of movement. Well, we got to find more than happening. just that. Yeah. Yeah. Movements are happening. Yep. Like, I, mean, I, would, I am so horrified by the police violence right now. Yeah. And the Black Lives Matter movement, that's a 
that is a effing movement. Mm -hmm. That yep. is a force. Uh huh. Um, it is ter it is terrifying. The folks that understand themselves as being under threat by that movement, folks that identify through white supremacy, Hello. folks <laughs> that get their that get their their power through whiteness, um, the Black Lives Matter movement is terrifying to them. And I have I want to believe the same thing. I want to believe that some of this violence that we're experiencing right now, some of the rhetoric coming out of, out of conservative um, corners of our mm -hmm. country is about this last gasp, mm -hmm. right? Right. That they're terrified. Yeah. And that the Black Lives Matter movement, these other movements for social justice, immigration movements, um, that they are so frightened by those that now they're like grasping at everything and throwing mm -hmm. out all the hate that they can possibly mm -hmm. throw out, right? But the fact that they have institutions that are complicit with their hatred yeah. and that these, like policing, mm -hmm. and that they walk around with guns and that they so often have historically been able to enact violence and take someone's life away without with complete impunity mm -hmm. um, is still really terrifying to me. It's and that's still happening, right? I mean, even with cameras, yep. mm -hmm. even yep. with body cameras now, yep. that's still happening, that they're, mm -hmm. they're Absolutely. taking away lives. Um, but, but there is a movement. There, there is one. Um, and we can jump in and, and be a part of that. Mm -hmm. Okay, know. so basically we just we need to take accountability. <coughs> what, are, what, what are we doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? What um, are we all doing? It's like, you know, let's take accountability question. and let's awesome move forward. Question. Let's stop talking but and move forward. But we are. I mean, we're you know? all awesome people. We're all yeah. doing it. You know, Carol's doing it her way. Mara does it in her art. I do it in my show. You know, I also, you know, am one of the big loudmouths in the entertainment business for LGBTQ rights. I served on boards just like Carol, you know? So, I mean, it's not like not all of us are sitting here in armchair quarterbacks. I don't even, I hate sports. I don't even know if that's <laughs> the right thing. But I mean, armchair quarterbacks where you just sit back and watch and have somebody else fight the fight. You know, I've been fighting since I've been 22 years mm -hmm. old. And I don't mean fight Same here. in a way. Yeah. You know, I've been on the front lines. But, you know, and I'm not ever going to stop. Give me a mic. Give me a forum. I'm there. I say let's create it. I am creating we it. We are. We're all I don't even say every day. I, we are creating it. Every day that we take a breath and we stand up and we, I, you make a post on your Facebook page or an Instagram because social media is insane. The minute you ta you're taking power and you're giving yourself a voice. I'm fighting with people every day. If you look on my Facebook page. <laughs> It's the okay that corral. is true. <laughs> it's the okay corral. You follow, like really, you gotta see, you gotta see Durga. I, 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 Durga's Facebook page is one of the most entertaining places. I t <laughs> it's better than Disneyland. Um, <laughs> but um, why? Well, I know we can we can go on forever, and it has um, it's almost what? Oh no, I'm good because I'll tell you what'll happen. <laughs> okay, tell us. Tell us. Um, I'm winding down the show now, so um, I'm just giving. Our, our lovely thank you guys so much i really appreciate both of you this is to come here because you're handsome young boys and this is a long weekend and you're men <laughs> i like boys men and you're spending this day with me to help me so i do appreciate you both and thank you so much for everything that you've done tonight so thank you thank you for making the show go on the air 
Um, but I just want to say thank you, everybody, uh, for joining us. Yet it's a heated and not heated conversation, but it's always done and always at the root of love. It's mm -hmm. always at the root of love. It's always at the roots of growth. Um, you know, fear is a horrible thing, but we all have it. And we just have to keep pushing forward because with, without fear, there's no growth. Without questioning, there's no change. And that is, again, a collective is great. But just because, you know, you could be in, you know, Missouri, God forbid. <laughs> but you yeah. could be in Missouri, you know. Or Florida. Or Florida or, or Kansas mm. or <laughs> Texas or Arizona. Um, anywhere. Um, you know, your voice does matter. And, um, you know, it is about a collective. The collective can be done in person, you know, but a collective can be done and you can feel empowered and you can feel supported. You know, thank God for social media. You will never have to feel alone. You never have to feel alone anymore. And for those of you that are struggling, I encourage you to reach out. Have your voice. Um, you can't, you just can't quiet yourself. Uh, there's no reason to. And I really, you know, just want to say you'll find peace. You know, art, you know, I'm a, a big proponent of art. Um, you know, if you can't find an expression, create an expression. Writing, your thoughts. Your thoughts are the most powerful things. And when written, it is, it is powerful. And um, it's vomiting. It's, it's vomiting your feelings. And I just want to say, again, just bottom line, you're never alone. Reach out. Just always reach out. And if you can't reach within yourself, as Tristan was saying, you know, and write your thoughts down. Video yourself. Do YouTube. It's all good. Um, just find an expression and don't, don't torture yourself. There's a lot out of life that you need to experience. So on that note, I just want to say thanks for joining us, and we'll go around the room. Durga McBroom, where can people find you? Uh, on Facebook, Durga McBroom. Instagram, Durga Diva. I'm around. She is. How when are you going back to Rome? Uh, well, I have to go to Washington for two shows, Washington State, uh, March 10th and March 23rd. Then I come back here, and I go back to Rome on March the 27th. I think I'm going to join you at Car Carla Collins' show. Yay! Um, and then we have... Roxanne Rosen. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me at Roxanne Rosen. But um, I just wanted to say for the Gen Zs out there that are struggling or contemplating suicide, please find the Trevor Project. Um, I was a lifesaver for the Trevor Project for a long time. They are there for your help. There's lifeguards. Um, they're on the phones 24 hours a day. Uh, you could call anonymously. So uh, please find that. Um, as for finding me, you can find me at Solar Tan on Facebook and Instagram. And, uh, you know, you want solar, you mention this show, and you're going to get a discount. Up until a certain day. Oh, you have to get <laughs> solar, honestly, within in the middle of March, or else um, solar is going to lose about 83% of its value. Oh. It's amazing that I know so much about your business. <laughs> <laughs> Because we are in each other's businesses. Mara Shane. So, it's a great show tonight. <laughs> 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 no, I'm serious. It was a great it's always show. a great show. Always. Today was, always. Today was, like, above par. It was a really good one. Did we raise the bar? Yeah, you raised it. Thank you. You go. Um, and you can find me at marashane.com. 
Mara underscore Shane on Instagram and Mara Shane on Facebook. Thank you, Mara Shane. Thank you. And mad kudos to my friend, um, Carol Ketchum. Yay. Thanks for coming. Thanks so much. Thanks for yeah, coming. I know you weren't coming from the desert, but you kind of came from the desert for this, right? Mm. Kind of, maybe? It's out here, but yeah. yeah. And um, you are a bright light in this community. Um, I, I, I just, I learned so much from you. Um, and I just want to say thank you. Thank you for really coming here. Thank you yeah. for being you. Thank mm -hmm. you for being a trailblazer. And you know what? We'll be talking about you in the next 20 or 30 years for everything that you've done with this community. And from my heart, I really do ap appreciate what you do. Feel the same way. Back at you. You're welcome. Where can Love people find you? you? Oh, um, well, hmm, I'm not really on social media. All right, leave her alone. She's academia. Cal State Fullerton. Um, Don't show up. It's not cool. VIP <laughs> health out in the desert, trying to you know, create community out there and take take care of the LGBTQ. But there isn't. Can I? I was going to ask you something. There is another community or another group that you're part of. It's the lesbian group in the valley, yeah, right? The Al Fund. The Al Fund. The Al Fund. Really important organization out out in the valley that's taking care of lesbians, um, and they've been doing that for about twelve years now. Um, so yeah, they're they've got a gala coming up also um, next week. February twenty fifth. Can you repeat the name <laughs> of your book? Yeah, um, gender identity and LGBTQ inclusion in K through 12 education. Great. Thanks. Yeah. Well, thank, I am thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Great. Guys. Um, everyone. Hey, it's me, Gayanne. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, find me on Instagram, QTE Brat. Um, Facebook, you know me, Gayanne Bruno. Um, I'm trying to gonna look on here because you know I always do this because I don't remember anything. The next show is March 3rd. It's with author and writer um, S.P. Brown. Um, she's amazing. Um, we will be talking about culture clashes. Uh, she's a woman of color. She's another trailblazer. Um, she's, uh, and I can't wait to have her on. She won't be in the studio. I think she's calling in from New York City. So um, it's a labor of love that she's going to be up uh, three hours uh, later to be on the show. So we look forward to her. Thank you, Tom Esty, her publicist, for always being a supporter of the show and giving me some of the best, amazing, challenging topics with your clients. So thank you. Everybody out there, happy long weekend. I forgot it was a, yes. a weekend on Monday. I mean, a holiday on Monday. So it's a holiday. Um, my friend Odalis Nanin, um, she's having her place still. It's Garbo's Cuban Lover um, going on Sunday. Um, hope to see you there. Tickets are online. She was a guest two weeks ago. So, um, you know, another way you can do it is, is support. Support your community. Go to the Gay and Lesbian Center. Find out what the events are. Um, you know, just, you know, just keep, keep the train moving. We just got to keep the train moving no matter what roadblocks are in our way. And with that, have a wonderful freaking weekend. I love you guys, and as always, you know how I like to end it. Namaste. Okay, guys, cue the music. Thank you.